Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Conf T with URSE, recorded Tuesday, October 6th, 2020. A quick reminder that the thoughts and opinions expressed here are our own, and to please consult with Cisco TAC or Cisco certified partners before implementing any of the recommendations made on the show. I am your host, Brian Young, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Boyd. How are you, sir? Doing well, Brian. Happy to be here as always. Well, you better be. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to find another co-host, damn it. <laughs> Is that a promise? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Now, I'm, I'm always happy to have you on the show, Brian. Anytime you're not there, I miss you. So I'm, I'm glad you're able to join us on this one. Uh, I think we had a, a, a great episode uh, in, in store for our audience today. We had a uh, conversation with Devin and Sean uh, from our AppD team talking about all things AppD and then some. So uh, without further ado, let's just jump right into it, and then we'll uh, come back here to close it out. All right, so we are here with Devin and Sean from the AppD team. Devin, Sean, uh, thanks for joining, guys. Appreciate you having you on. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure to be here. Let's start off with some introductions. Uh, Devin, why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at Cisco? Yeah, thanks. Uh, my name is Devin Adair. I'm an account executive with Cisco App Dynamics, and this is, uh, I believe, year 12 for me in the IT industry across many landscapes from data storage to SD-WAN and uh, most recently software as a service. Nice. Sean? Uh, I'm Sean Dolan. I've been in IT for about the same amount of time, 12 years, two of those with App Dynamics. Uh, prior to that, I was a user of App Dynamics for FinTech and uh, healthcare IT. Nice. Well, they, they always say that the uh, the best the best sellers are the users, right? <laughs> the people that use the product, <laughs> they know it the best. <laughs> I've I've tried pretty much everything out there, and what's you know pre APM and what is APM today? So I've got my hands full on a lot of that. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, if you use everything out there, and you you uh, you now you work with the App Dynamics team, you you must really like it. So. That's great. And and especially for me, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this because it's not something that I deal with every day. So I'm looking forward to learning about it. So let's jump right into it. So really, um, let's start with the first question of what is application monitoring, uh, and, which is what AppD does, and how does it help our customers overall? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, really high level application performance monitoring and application performance management at the end of the day, it's a holistic view or a single source of truth that gives you visibility from code all the way to end user experience. So we're talking about both internal users and external customers. Um, and ultimately, the truth is something like this wasn't needed 10 plus years ago. When you look at tech stacks, it was pretty much a mainframe and you knew how and where to diagnose those problems. And and now we've been spoiled. You know, applications are truly simplifying the users' lives, but the complexity on the back end is absolutely exploding. You know, we've introduced so many new technologies, along with many more coming, everything from new programming languages, new databases, containers, serverless deployments, public and private clouds, and, and really much, much more. And, you know, Brian, what we wanted to talk about today was Cisco's overall AI ops strategy. And then that focuses on three key pillars. One is visibility, two is insight, and three is action. 
And I think if we ultimately take a step back from where we used to be, you know, information technology is no longer a cost center or a help desk, right? It's a center of excellence. It's a center of innovation. And speaking of that, that innovation, uh, digital transformation is occurring at every layer and the pandemic has really escalated that. Mm-hmm. Like think about the the last time you went to a physical bank, for example, do you even know? <laughs> no. No, I I don't. (laughs) But I'd be willing to guess that you've checked your balance many times already this week, many Mm -hmm. times potentially today, you know, hey, are my wife or kids jumping on using my card and buying things, right? Oh, yes. And I've cried many times. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't we all? And, And, you know, that really shows you that the true central focus of business now, you're seeing that happen. It's the application, yep. right? It's you're, We're getting away from those old brick and mortar stores popping up everywhere. So the question that we're trying to answer is how are you as a business prioritizing your customers to ensure they have a flawless experience? And, uh, and I look forward to getting into that here today. Yeah, you, you brought up a good point. I want to touch on it a little bit more. So, you know, from the user standpoint, right? For me, it's just an app. I go onto the app, I, you know, uh, put my finger to the, to the fingerprint reader and I'm signed into my bank account and I'm looking at my balance within a couple seconds. But what you're talking about is really the back end, and that's what's so much more complex to make it all work, to make it work seamlessly, securely. And of course we need to figure out where those bottlenecks are and where those issues are. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, at what it all comes down to is, you know, it's no longer looking for the red in infrastructure or where the problem is. It's tr- it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. And mm-hmm. what AppDynamics is going to be able to do is shine the light exactly where that needle is. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it sounds like as businesses transition to this online marketplace type of operation, you can't leave the customer with a bad taste in their mouth. They can't be having performance issues or issues accessing the page or anything like that. So how does AppDynamics help us do that? What are, you know, what are the components that make up AppD that help us with that? Sure, I'll, I'll jump in. This is Sean. A um, couple of things. So uh, I'd say firstly, really it, it comes down to how do you change the culture and how you think about and how your teams interact and work together. Um, we, we do a number of things, right? So we get into the different components of your stack, whether you're looking at, you know, containerization, Kubernetes, fast scalability, you know, both horizontally and vertically. Uh, we're looking at, um, you know, the, the underlying servers that those applications live on. And regardless of their scale, we're looking at things like the database backends, you know, so whether you're in SQL Server, you're using NoSQL, we don't, you know, we're agnostic to those things. And we're trying to, to figure out in this, this sea of complexity that you've you've created over the past several years, which it's made simplifications in some places and it's reduced the blast radius and noise in other places, right? Because now, you know, you can focus on microservice A has a problem. Um, but what does microservice A talk to? What are all the things it's out there doing? Uh, and and we're, we're trying to put a bow on that and show you this is your ecosystem. Here's one visual that will show you from end to end what that end user is seeing from the time they leave their browser as they hop through each one of those microservices or tiers in between, or whatever have you in between, monolithic Java app, .NET application, whatever it might be, uh, as you traverse all of that, uh, whether it be next gen or um, you know or legacy or whatever you want to call it, 
we're, we're going to show you that entire picture and we're going to show you where you have opportunity to optimize. Is it, uh, you know, are you seeing slowness or errors in a piece of application code in, within a class and method? Uh, or are you seeing slowness because that method calls a database query that's slow or a, you know, third party service that whom you might have an SLA with that's slow? So those are the kinds of things that we're going to do and map out for you. So it sounds like AppD can really help the day-to-day operations and the op- the um, kind of the support teams understand what's going on in their environment. If there's a problem with something, maybe there's a, a server that's acting funny and it's, it's taking too long to respond, um, or there's a link that's down or has issues, whatever, going across between different platforms. Um, but, and, and that's great because being able to kind of troubleshoot what's going on when you're having the issue is always important. And right in IT, that's what we do. Uh, it feels like oh, we're always just putting out fires. Um, but can we take this a step further and, and get some information that could be useful to maybe the DevOps teams to maybe have them change the way that they write their code so that it works better in the future? Or maybe they or find a way to become more efficient with, with something and they gain 10% uh, processing speed or capacity or whatever? Sure. Yeah, there's a number of things we can do in that space, and and I'll touch on a few. I'm sure there's many, many more. Uh, So first, kind of unpack, you know, DevOps, right? I was a site reliability engineer for a while, so DevOps is a term I'm I'm near and dear with. Uh, One of the things that that comes to mind really is the culture shift, I think, first and foremost, right? Uh, There are many different definitions for DevOps if you ask different companies and things, but the truth is DevOps comes down to the culture, the tools, the practices that you use to, you know, get code into production faster, right? At the end of the day, um, and you know, also keeping the lights on. And in, in, in many cases, those teams are responsible for that as well. Uh, and, and as with anything, there are different levels of maturity depending on the company you're in. So think of it this way: um, you know, sh- we can help shift culture in a few ways. One is, as Devin mentioned earlier, moving from a reactive to a proactive. Find the yellow. Find those issues earlier before they impact large swaths of users. Uh, so, you know, you can find that either in a lower environment as part of a DevOps team, if you're running you know, performance testing, monitoring with App Dynamics, uh, you could do it in a CI/CD pipeline. We've got you know a vast number of APIs that you can reach out to and call uh, as part of your CI/CD pipe- pipeline if that's something that you wanted to do. Um, and the, the end goal is, is to, as you go from React to proactive, is is to get that solved before customers even notice that there's an issue. You know, as as some folks hey, maybe it was slightly slower. You're slightly deviating from your normal. Let's get in front of that and let's get boots on the ground before people are turning away and going somewhere else. And then I I think another place is is the ability to identify and address technical debt. What are the things that we didn't think about, um, you know, in the last five, 10 releases that we should have thought about. App Dynamics is going to highlight those errors, bubble them to the top. You're going to start to see that. So the non-functional issues as well as the functional errors, you're going to see. Um, so these are all things that, that we can go take action on. We could prioritize, we could backlog in a, you know, in, within an agile sprint. Um, and, and then you can start to, to really highlight that these are things we need to work on. We can't just let it keep getting worse. Uh, the other side is stopping the finger pointing. So I mentioned, we've got, you know, the ability to see into the database, the network, the ability to see into the application code. All these different, you know, pieces moving together, uh, maybe the front end and back end team that they don't talk together, uh, it's it's not me, it's you, right? That's the common mm-hmm. thing. I've been in IT for a long time. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's hard to break that void. But once you have 
and empirical data that's shared and, and, and really unassailable data that's shared across multiple teams, and you're all looking at the same data in front of you, you can't back down from that. You're talking the same language. You're getting the right people in the room to solve a problem. And that's really, to me, the most powerful thing in, in the positions that I've held in, in site reliability engineering management. Um, you know, it, the hardest thing is to get five plus people in a room all with wavering opinions and the network never has an issue. The database always works. Get out of here. Right. Um, anything, can, anything can break. The um, network is fine. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's a tough, it, it's a tough conversation to have. And, and you feel for all those people cause it's their baby, right? You don't ever right. want to call someone's baby ugly. It's not, it's not the right thing to do. Um, <laughs> That term and always cracks me up. <laughs> it, it's, it's horrible, right? But I mean, it, it, it puts <laughs> it into <horrible>. perspective. <laughs> yeah, it does. It really does. Um, and, and then, you know, there a couple other points just to, um, to, to kind of tie into where we help shift that culture. Uh, get to root cause faster. I think it's a, that's a no-brainer with APM. We're helping you find where the issues lie. Reduce the amount of outage time, reduce incident time, and get in front of them if you can. Um, and... and I think that's those are really the the big ones that most people see. There's a ton of other use cases, right? But I think those are some of the biggest, most impactful things that you can do with App Dynamics. You know, typically from my side, what we're seeing is how does this, you know, really unify the business in IT? And it goes back to kind of creating that single source of truth. I mean, everything that we're dynamically baselining in terms of metrics, all of that rolls up to the greater company vision, right? So how does IT continue to drive the business forward to continue to be that touch point for customers? And how do we make sure that's a flawless experience altogether? Well, well said. Now you mentioned um, some use cases here and I had the opportunity as our listeners will with a link that we'll provide in the show notes to check out the use case of the the story behind Carhartt. Uh, but for those that haven't got a chance to, to watch it yet, uh, I wanted to dive into that with you guys here because it was when I watched it, it really kind of clicked and I understood it's not just about up down right status. It's, it, it's not just about, Oh, this, the server is down. You can have everything running and, not know that there is an issue until you start diving deeper into the data, uh, which is what happened with Carhartt. So um, I don't know, uh, Sean or Devin, who wants to take that one, but I'd, I'd love to hear more of it from uh, from you guys. Yeah, Brian, that uh, brings up a really good point. I think that goes back to the earlier part of that conversation is, you know, how do we help unify business in IT? And, and originally, for those that don't know, Carhartt um, was just a pure wholesale provider. So what they needed to do was literally change the way they fundamentally do business. And what they saw was a shift to a digital first economy, the one we're all living in right now. And the quote they actually told us is that they realized customer growth isn't coming from a store visit. It's not coming from their wholesalers. They're actually seeing that growth occur through Instagram and other social media channels. So what we helped them do were to identify five key business transactions that were absolutely critical to the business. And all of those pretty much had something to do with inventory systems, um, orders, or anything checkout related. And, And essentially, long story short, is we were able to give them key IT metrics with regards to their ordering process. So on Cyber Monday, 
you know, much as many other companies do in the industry, they put out some crazy deal. Hey, if you buy this certain amount of clothing, we're going to throw in a, a free item. So what they, how they utilize AppD with that is they cross-reference it with their inventory and realize that that, you know, kind of bonus free item they were running very, very low on. Um, so they were able to shift literally on the fly in production to a different free item in order to sh- ensure that their customers stayed happy. And had AppD not been in place, they would have had a lot of disappointed customers waiting for that bonus item that simply wasn't in stock. That's a great use case to talk about because it's focusing less on performance and metrics that uh, DevOps might be looking at and really shows how AppD can help with the business side of things as well. Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, another really cool story, and we don't have to get into this one too much, but we were working with a major airline and we were doing software release comparisons. So this is actually where DevOps does come into play a little bit, but it speaks to the business overall. So we worked with them to do software release comparisons. Uh, Initially, they had the checkout button colored blue in the top left, and then they decided to turn that color green and put it on the bottom right. And what they ultimately realized is that they were able through their conversion funnel to convert three times the amount of folks to actually proceed with the checkout. So, you know, what does that number equal for each individual business? You know, it's a case by case basis, but I can tell you, you know, if I'm a CEO of a company and I know that we can increase orders or revenue by three X simply by changing the way we, we do business and the way we write code, I'm all for it. Right. And it's, it's getting you out of your silo, right? As, as you said before, if you've got, you've got your net ops, you've got your DevOps teams, they're looking at their baby, right? They've built it. They've, they've matured it. It's, it's grown up into this amazing part of this ecosystem. And they're focused on making sure that it's doing everything it's supposed to be doing correctly. Right. Um, but if you don't take that higher level approach, and look at the business continuity in general to to see how the transactions are flowing through the various pieces, right? Going through the network, going through the databases, going through the web front end, going through the inventory system, et cetera. You're not going to gain that insight to understand where you may or may not have a problem. And it might not be a problem with, you know, as, it might not be a break-fix problem where it's like, oh, well, this SQL server is acting up. Uh, we need to, you know, move to another one or whatever. It may not be something that simple. It may just be something, as you said, but with the uh, the airline, just moving the checkout button and making it a different color. But being able to understand that in real time, live in production, and see that change—that's vital, and it keeps people out of their silos, right? Absolutely. And and a question that I would ask you, you know, just as a human being, right? If you have two retailers that sell the exact same product for the exact same price and you get on one of their applications, whether it be browser-based or mobile-based, we have visibility for both. Um, But if one is taking you two minutes to check out, you are not going to stay in there. You're going to go over Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're going to purchase it from someone else. So this is what we're talking about, kind of keeping up with the Joneses in a way and making sure that you continue to be the leader in your space overall. Right. Yeah. If, if if that checkout process is taking longer than thirty seconds, or if there's, you know, anything along the way that's that's making me have to re-enter information or whatever, right? That that 
fouls up the user experience, it's going to make you lose customers, especially especially right now in the digital age where prices are at rock bottom and they're usually about the same everywhere you go, right? I'm, I'm looking for that new microphone. It's the exact same price at 27 different stores, right? It's just a matter of, okay, well, which one can I get free shipping? Which one do I already have an account with? And uh, you know, they're all back ordered. So who's going to get it back first? <laughs> <laughs> so true. All right. So we, we've talked a little bit about performance, a little bit of about business intelligence. Uh, Sean, are you able to just go over what makes up app dynamics and talk a little bit about each component? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so as a customer you know, comes in and starts working with us, there's a couple of things that, you know, out of the gate, you're going to get spun up for you. One is going to be uh, your controller. Um, and that can be either SaaS based or on premise, depending on how secure your environment is and, and you know, how, how your IT teams let you work outside of that bubble. Right. So we're very secure in all, all intents and purposes. And I, and I think that SaaS is the 90, 10 of most customers. Um, but for those that can't do SaaS or they're very perimeter based security and they're, they know that it's never going to get approved and within the security teams on prem is a thing we do. Um, that being said, we also have a slew of agents that, that can be used for different technologies. So if you want to see the server visibility, you know, we can install a simple agent to see, you know, what is the CPU looking like? You know, what is the memory looking like? What other processes are running in the host? Those types of things. Uh, on the application side, we support uh, agents that run alongside your application codes, whether it be in any core, you know, common framework out there today, development, development framework out there today, whether it be .NET, Java, Python, uh, SAP, you name it. We've got a ton of different uh, different things to help you there and give you visibility, deep visibility into the code. Uh, one thing that really sets us apart is is kind of the ability to see network. So we can show you from from that host, we can show you the network visibility that you have, um, and then we can tell you, you know, did you have things like retry transmission operations? Did you, you know, have issues where you had packet loss? Those types of things we can start to dig in and dissect that, and then you can pull in the right team based on that, right? Um, and, and then, uh, you know, on top of those things, you know, we mentioned the BIQ piece. I think that's another thing that um, folks really kind of tie into is just the ability to add business context to the metrics. So let's say I had you know, silver, gold, platinum users, and they were for, you know, let's say, a credit company. I wanted to know that we're having a performance issue and I'm only seeing it for gold users. Can I see that? data separate from, uh, you know, just normal overall average performance data? And that answer is yes, you can with AppDynamics. Um, and I think those are kind of the core components. Devin, did I miss anything? No, no, I think you're good. And um, just to touch on that a, a little bit further is some of the key acquisitions that we've made and how we continue to evolve as a product. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. So, you know, we we do have some great integrations that that come along with, you know, recent acquisitions. So if you've seen kind of the recent acquisition for Cisco, there's Thousand Eyes. Um, obviously, I mentioned the network piece. We kind of delve into that world with AppDynamics. We, we're application first, whereas Thousand Eyes is very network first. Um, so I see a lot of integration points for that in the, in the near future. Um, I can't really speak to much of it, at least today, but what I can say is, Already today, we've got an alerting extension where those alerts can be funneled into AppDynamics um, if you wanted one single platform to have a single pane of glass. Uh, and I've also seen that, you know, where customers are taking and using AppDynamics to see that there is a network issue and then running 
a thousand eyes test to, to make sure that, hey, if there is a network issue, is it internal to my network or is it something out over the internet? Uh, and looking at things like, you know, bridge gateway protocol and beyond, right? So things that we can't do, but we are much better together with. Yeah, that always seems to be the case with the with the Cisco products, right? It's that always that better together story. We talk about it a lot on this podcast with the security side of the house um, and, you know, seeing it a lot more in the data center side as well. Uh, you mentioned Thousand Eyes, but of course we, we have ACI, uh, both of which I think were the last couple, most recent episodes here. Um, and of course, Intersight too, some integrations there, you know, whether that's today or, or future possible integrations, right? And those are just a few that come to mind, but being able to Again, get that 10,000 foot overview, understand the information that might be coming in from another product that may be more focused on looking at something else, right? Intersight's looking at the overall health of the of the UCS servers. Thousand Eyes is looking at the network, not just the internal network, but the internet, right, as a whole, and understanding traffic flows and patterns and where there might be issues there. Um, and really being able to get a lot more visibility of what's going on to help deliver that application and that experience to that customer, whether it's mobile, web, whatever. Absolutely. And I just wanted to touch on an, uh, a point you just brought up about Intersight Workload Optimizer specifically. And this just further integrates that better to get a, together story, you know, that AOPS vision of, of really being able to give you visibility, give you insight, but then take action. And that is a real world scenario where we're giving you the visibility and the insight. And then we're letting something like an intersight work workload optimizer actually scale that infrastructure, be able to do that action on your behalf. And not only that, you know, let's scale clusters, let's scale VMs, cloud instances, host migrations, you name it, but also on the flip side, being able to right size that. So maybe you're with a cloud provider A, and you're actually over provision, well, we can already come in, help you really true, truly size those assets correctly and make sure you're not spending more because you're just throwing all of these assets, all of this compute, so on and so forth at those machines. Yeah. And that's, it's funny you mentioned that because Intersight Workload Optimizer just got announced today as orderable. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I'm like, wait a minute, I remember seeing some emails about this. Um, but for those who are not familiar with it, right, it's it's basically the the marrying, and Boyd, please correct me if I'm wrong, it's really the marrying of Intersight and CWAM together, right? Um, being able to understand how your servers themselves are being utilized whether it's under or over utilization so that you can more carefully plan and, and budget for uh, additional storage, compute, whatever, um, and make sure that your VMs are not um, either being constrained by, by a lack of hardware resources or that you're wasting resources that could better go somewhere else because you've allocated 32 gigs of memory and it's only using four, you know, stuff, stuff along those lines. Um, but I mean, boy, unless you've got anything else you'd like to add to that. No, that's correct. Yeah, they're um, it's it's agnostic as well, so it can run in the cloud. It can run on any servers, not just Cisco servers. Um, and yeah, the story of pairing it together with AppDynamics that sounds really compelling. Excited for that yeah. integration to come out. That'll be huge. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't mean to take away from the AppD stuff, but again, I mean this this all ties together, right? Understanding how the application's performing, understanding how the the resources are being utilized. If if there's 
uh, constraints or if there's an abundance of resources that we don't necessarily need, it all ties together, right? Uh, throw some thousand eyes on that and uh, you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one one kind of quick note on that piece. I, th- I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, so with the integration that, that you know, AppDynamics and Intersight have together with workload, o- workload Optimizer is really the ability to see that user experience context to make those workload optimization decisions. So if we're not getting the performance we need, if we're not seeing response time where we need it, if we're not getting, you know, network where we need it, we're able to start moving those things around, migrate things, move, stop, start, uh, and even, believe it or not, scale up the, like in, in the cases of Java specifically I've seen, um, you can scale up the JVM. So you could you could vertically scale to stop the bleeding and add memory to the application itself, not just the application. So there's a lot of really, really cool things you can do. Um, and both app dynamics and workload optimizer being completely agnostic to the underlying infrastructure, right? So it doesn't matter if you're in the cloud, doesn't matter if you're on premise, bare metal, you know, we're there to support you throughout that journey. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it because I, I was strictly looking at it from a hardware resource level, but you're right. I mean, even if it's just downsizing or upsizing VMs on the fly, uh, giving them more memory, more CPU cores, whatever, um, you know, just reallocation, start stops. That's that's going to be that's going to be huge. Just it makes sure that you are more effectively and efficiently using what you have, uh, and gives you that visibility all the way through. So awesome stuff! All right, guys. So I have a few customers, and um, some of them are pretty SAP heavy. Uh, would would App Dynamics be able to assist with that? Actually, yes. This is a this is a huge differentiator for App Dynamics in the market. Uh, we're able to get you know embedded with the basis teams, get agents installed in a way that they're familiar with, so we can install via transports the same way they install uh, install other things on the SAP system as they get them through that that SAP landscape. Uh, and this is going to give you ABOP code level visibility for that basis team. So you're going to be able to see things that you're similar in seeing within SAP as well as things that go beyond where where do we see slowness in which calls coming out of that ABOP code. So not only am I going to see things like, you know, the, the typical top queries that you're going to get, but you're also going to go beyond that into the code level to see where the performance issues lie. And that's something that is very, very unique to AppDynamics in the ability and how we're able to deliver it and the partnerships that we have to bring that to you. So it's just very powerful. That's great because I know uh, monitoring those systems has been a pain point of theirs for a while. So all something to talk to them about. That's good. Yeah, and that's really top of mind right now. So I'm glad you brought that up, Brian. Um, you know, there is a mandate for all SAP users. So actually, if we have any listeners that do work within SAP quite a bit, here's your your reminder that you do have to migrate to S4 HANA by, I believe, the end of 2021. And what AppD is going to be able to do is not only provide you that ABOP code level visibility, which we're the only ones on the market that can do, but we're also going to be able to compare those two. So after you go through pre-migration and post-migration, how is SAP, how is that environment before and what does it look like now? Do we need to make any changes and to give you that top end-to-end visibility moving forward? Um, no, and, and that's that's important stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, now you mentioned kind of what the the setting apart AppD from uh, other competitors that may compete in this space. Uh, what other features or integrations uh, do we offer that really kind of 
uh, make AppD stand out? I think the the biggest things for me as a previous customer, um, really, that comes down to the biggest the biggest thing was ease of use. You know, we we have this, you know, just way of visualizing the data and allowing you to keep drilling down and drilling down and drilling down until you find the issue. Um, you know, we, we the way we stitch it together is is so fluid. You know, we follow that transaction literally from the, the point where it starts in a client's browser on their mobile device. And then as we flow down each hop of their stack and through the different microservices, whatever have you, and down to the database, um, I've never seen another tool do it in this way. I think, you know, it, that's one thing that sets us apart, I think, is just the delivery and how we present it. I could hand it to an accountant and I think they could find performance problems in an IT, IT environment that they've never, you know, really thought of before. And that's kind wow. of crazy to think. Um, yeah. But on the other side of it, I, I think really a big differentiator for us is the ability to tie into those integrations that we have with, you know, the greater Cisco organization and the ability to take all of those things and solve real world problems, not just monitor things, not just give you just visibility, but turn that into the insight and action that you need. Because at the end of the day, for me as, a, as an end customer, visibility and insight's great. I can see a ton of stuff. Um, but what it really comes down to is, so what? What do I do with it? Where, where do I go right. from here? And and we get into that. And I think we get really deep into that and do a really great job of it with the entire portfolio, right? There are some things that matter more to certain certain folks. Um, and and I think those are really, really big pieces of it. Um, thinking here too, I, I know there's, you know, the ability for us to get really deep into like database, see execution plans, have DBAs, you know, give DBA the data um, that, that helps them solve a problem versus just saying, DBA, we have a problem with, checking out in our website um can you go check the database like that that's not a good conversation to have but when you can say there's a problem with checkout we can see that it's this query and hey here's the execution plan and some more data that'll help you you know triage this and these two applications are calling that transaction right um that query i think those are really some of the big the, the big heavy hitters for me, I've never been able to stitch this data together in a way like that before having app dynamics. And when you include the integrations that we've talked about so far, right? Intersight, Thousand Eyes, uh, Intersight, uh, Workload Optimizer, mm-hmm. uh, ACI, whatever, right? All those things coupled together, the, the bounty of information just continues to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. I mean, think of just, you know... We, we mentioned workload optimizer. I'll use that as one. And you mentioned ACI, you know, which we didn't really touch on. But I, I think those two specifically give a wealth of data uh, and also bridge that cultural gap of like the, you know, finger pointing at me versus you, right? Um, right. So start, start with ACI. Think of, you know, application development team, software engineer. I'm in there. I'm writing some code. I'm doing my thing. And it always works. It's the best code ever, right? Uh, <laughs> and that might be true, right? <laughs> right, right. On the other end, um, you know, I'm the networking guy. The network just always works. It's robust. I've got 10 gigs of extra bandwidth. There's no way that I'm ever going to have a capacity issue on my network and networks just always work. There's not going to be a hardware issue, right? Um, but, you know, everything in this world is prone to failure at some some level, right? So you got to consider that. Um, you know, everything 
has a life, you know, a, a, a useful life. It has a, a half life and, you know, all those things we have to consider and the ability to monitor them and, and talk the same context is powerful. So from within app dynamics, I could look at, let's say I mentioned the network visibility we provide, I could actually go from that network visibility we provide. I can right click on it and say, okay, show me this in ACI. It deep links me straight into ACI, shows me exactly the same uh, components that I was looking at within app dynamics. And then I can say, did I make a configuration change that caused this issue as the network guy? Um, <laughs> no. Those are, you know, it's really, really powerful kind of, you know, in the ability to do those things. And if we, if we weren't all part of this Cisco umbrella, we wouldn't have that. And I think that is a really phenomenal thing. Nice. Uh, as I've as I've said many times to my customers, right, the network is what stitches all of this together, right? Whether it's <clears throat> a mobile device, uh, an application, um, a website, whatever, everything relies on the network to get it from A to B. So wherever we can make the network smarter, more intelligent, uh, to be able to give the different teams that are responsible for their various pieces, right, more information all the better. And of course, because everything flows through the network, what better place to monitor it, right? As long as you have the right, the right tools in the right places, and you're looking at the right things, you can get a ton of information out of the network. So it's, it's really cool to see, um, you know, where Cisco is playing there because, you know, we're a networking company. So we, we understand that there's a lot more than just switching and routing. So I think it's, I think it's really cool to see this, uh, as part of the Cisco portfolio. Absolutely. And it's it's really cool and fulfilling on our side as well. I mean, because we get to see this and walk potential customers through this. And when you talk about a proof of concept or a proof of value, we are literally seeing that come to us right in front of our eyes. Um, quick story, Sean and I have been working with a customer. We were in their environment for about a week and a half. We realized that there were some issues going on and their mean time to resolution you know, when we were talking about how to triage, figure out root cause and how to fix that went down from 17 minutes to 14 seconds. I mean, think about that on wow. a big scale when you start, you know, multiplying that out into their production environment, the number of folks associated with those war rooms. And now they have zero lag. They're able to move forward business as usual. So it's it's very cool on our side to be able to work with these customers and change their day-to-day -day operations and how they go about their business. Now, that's great. So I want to ask one more question because I think if there's, you know, whoever's listening to this episode, right, a lot of them are customers. We've got some Cisco employees, partners, et cetera. But for the, the customers that are listening right now, and they're listening to everything that you've said here today, and they're like, okay, this sounds great. I'm going to get more information. I'm going to be able to fine-tune my environment. I'm going to be able to make things work smoother, get more information out of my network. That's great. But does this really fit my business? So I'm going to ask you guys that question on their behalf. Where, what is the type of customer that this solution really fits? Does it fit only the customers that have, let's say, an, an online uh, shopping store like a Carhartt or, or, or an airline that, that has a, a website like that? Um, or there are some other maybe some other use cases that we haven't touched on that maybe uh, a general customer would be like, oh, you know what? That makes sense. What kind of customer does this really fit? 
I think that's a great question. And selfishly, I'm going to say it fits everyone. I mean, we do have use cases for each vertical. We have customers in each vertical. But I believe the question you should first ask yourself is, is this mission critical to our business? Does this produce some something of substance to our customers, to our internal users, to, to the revenue bottom line overall? And if the answer is yes, there's really a solid chance we're going to be able to help. And to take that a step further is if you're developing your own custom applications, you know, you're developing your own code in-house, then it's a resounding yes. Um, then you move to other situations where maybe these customers don't have that big of a need for a mobile application or, or their own application kind of browser based. And, you know, now we go back to, hey, well, do you have an SAP environment? Well, what part of that SAP environment? What is what kind of impact does that have on your bottom line? And again, if the answer is something or some revenue or any potential piece of that pie, the answer is you should give us a call and we should at least have a conversation, in my opinion. And Sean, I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, considering you were a former customer and, um, you know, kind of go from there. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you're right. I think those are some of the places. I think from a you know functional perspective, right? A lot of folks, a lot of teams try to build their own in-house monitoring using whether it be open source or whether it be using tons of different paid tools that are disparate. Uh, you know, I've been there. You know, to, to be 100 percent with you, I think that's a place where you could think about: is it does it make sense to consolidate and have all the folks speaking a common language and a common tool? I think also, um, you know. The ability to see how a single transaction or as a whole, you know, business process or flow works in an environment. If you don't have that visibility today on a, you know, a critical processes that run your business, that's something that we do. And, and I think it's something that you should definitely consider at least seeing what it looks like. And, you know, to, to your point, Devin, I think, you know, just think of it this way. We do proof of values, you know, for customers. We help you get into a trial. We walk you through it we get you stood up, uh, it makes sense to look at it, then to give us a call. Let's take a look and let's see what we can do to help you out. You know, from the, uh, the line you said before about, um, the, the reduction in, in, in time to resolution and the, the cost savings alone that that can, that can bring forth, uh, and along couple that with the fact that everyone, uh, this really fits everyone. I mean, you can't afford to not buy this, right? I mean, it's, 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 it just sells itself, right? I mean, it, it makes, it makes sense that everyone should be at the very least asking themselves the question, uh, that you posed before Devin of, you know, do I have something that adds to the bottom line? Is it business critical? Uh, is it part of my core business? Um, and then reach out to your Cisco account team, get in front of your, your app D, um, specialists, right? Of course, uh, if you're, lucky enough to be in the New York, Connecticut area. Uh, it might even be Devin and Sean, but get in front of these guys, ask the questions, have them take a look at the environment and they'll tell you, listen, this is really, you know, what, what we're going to be looking at here. This is where we can help. Uh, this may not be where we can help, right? We, we, we are not going to steer you wrong here. Um, so again, reach out to your account team, see if it's a good fit, learn more. We're going to put some links in the show notes and uh, I think with that, guys, we'll wrap it up. Uh, Sean, did you have any uh, final thoughts you wanted to add before we, we close up? No, thank you for the time. This has been great. Appreciate it. Devin, same to you. 
Yeah, I, I concur with Sean. Thank you guys so much for having us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, Mr. Boyd, that was uh, that was a fun conversation with those guys. What did you think? Yeah, uh, it was fun. I think it's highly relevant in today's landscape with, uh, I would say, a lot of businesses moving to online marketplaces, websites, mm-hmm. digital things. So um, I would give this one a listen. <laughs> I would hope so. I mean, it's at the end of the episode, Brian. <laughs> You're supposed to say that in the beginning. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think with me, the the whole thing around trying to grasp my head around AppD is it really felt like it was a product made for only the companies that had a storefront or some heavy-duty house-grown application that they've worked on and and built into this monstrosity. And really, after talking with Sean and Devin, especially at the end, asking them about like where this kind of fits, uh, really kind of, I think, shook off that idea and made me understand that, no, this, this does actually fit a lot more use cases than just the the big ones, right? Like the Carhartts or the the uh, the airline, right? We'll be sure to put the links in the show notes for those use cases so that you can investigate them a little bit further. I thought they were really insightful. So um, I think it was a great conversation. Glad they were on the show. And um, Brian, any uh, closing thoughts, parting shots here? No. Uh, if you have any interest in this, reach out to your account teams and we will get you set up. As always... Thank you, Mr. Boyd, and thank you for listening to ConfT with your SE. If you have a question you'd like us to answer or a topic you'd like to suggest, please send us an email at hello at conft.show. And if you like the show, please rate and review. And don't forget to subscribe so you can get notified when we publish an episode every two weeks. We're back on track, baby. Show notes for this episode can be found on our website at conft.show. That's C-O-N-F-T dot S-H-O-W. As always, stay safe out there and don't forget to save that config.